0: Hi everyone! This week's guest was Vice President of A&R and Interscope Records, Aaron Dash Sheridan. Dash is known for being the A&R for highly popular artists such as Juice WRLD, Drizzy, and Playboy Cardi. In this episode, we look back on the early days of his career and talked about lessons learned along the way. Dash also shared some fun memories which definitely made us laugh several times during the episode. Finally. Dash drops some advice on young professionals aspiring to be music executives, but we feel like his advice is applicable to almost any direction of life. Here is Dash on Came Along Wed.
1: Hey guys, thank you for having me. Appreciate that.
0: How are you today?
1: I'm pretty good. I had a, a nice uh, latte this morning with almond milk.
0: Shots, yeah and then after that a little exercise walking here oh yeah it was a, it
1: was a journey <laughs> like my life right
0: <laughs> so let's start off talking about that journey so um for some of our guests um who might not know um you're a very successful anr with interscope records yes. and um at what point in your life you decided to become an anr and work closely with artists has it always been your passion
1: um, actually, um, that's credited to uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this legendary producer named DJ Toomp. He uh he was uh he produced for like Ti like What You Know About That, Good Life for Kanye, or whatever. I actually was in school in Atlanta at uh, a school called uh, <clears throat> AIU Buckhead, and I was an artist. But um, while I was an artist, I had like a, my best friend. He moved from Chicago to Atlanta. And he had these beats. He was dope, but he was like real scared to like promote his beats. So, <clears throat> so I used to run around. He was so scared to like promote his beats. He's like, yo, just tell everybody you make the beats. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm a producer, right? So I used to run around Atlanta and say I had these beats or whatever. And then I ended up running into uh DJ Tump. And um I remember one session, it was Tump and this guy named Animal. And they asked me to like to pull up the beats or whatever, and I couldn't pull them up because I didn't make beats. And he was like, so what you do? I was like, man, I really rap, man, you know. And I used to come to the studio all the time with beats and you know, put them with different artists or whatever. He's like, man, you should be an AR. And uh he tried to actually give me a job with uh <clears throat> introduce me to Shakira. St- he tried to introduce me to Shakira Stewart. Uh, unfortunately that didn't get to happen and, and then he tried to give me a job with uh Big John. So he was just telling me like, yo, you should like get into management. So uh I went to back to Chicago, I started managing like this group named LEP Bogus Boys. Um we actually got a deal with Interscope. We got dropped. Oh that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And then um I was managing like Lil' Bibby, Herb. I was working with uh 808 Mafia and then just suddenly um I just I just it my path just went that way. I just start leaning more towards the executive side you know and um, you know it just left one thing led to another um, I got introduced to Joey through this guy named Moms um, V and um, the rest is history I was doing um, a consultant gig for Interscope and I ended up getting hired full time and that song you just played that was the first artist that I was assigned to was Dreezy. and she so happened to be from Chicago so I mean, it's, it's a long story, but, you know, that's what got me here.
0: But I think being an A&R, now that you've been through all the, like, the artist path and the yeah. producer path and the manager path, I think that adds a lot of value to you being an a and because yeah. an A&R needs to know, like, all sides of things, kind yeah. of, so.
1: Yeah, like, when I was doing management um, with LEP, I did everything. I didn't just, I recorded the songs. I used to help with, you know, writing of the songs, um, getting all the producers, um, the videos, come up with the treatment. Sometimes I was the you know, doing what this guy's doing, having a camera <laughs> when they do interviews, introducing them to other A and R's, you know, so at the end of the day I end up learning everything. I didn't even know what I was doing. I it just had to be done, you know. So of course, you know, now being an A and R it helps me with my projects because I'm able to identify, you know, not just a record but you know whether it's from the uh the aesthetic the you know the style the, you know what shoes they should be wearing or what they should be saying in the interview or just I was just so hands-on on everything so I'm able to work with all the departments and help them with like giving direction with the projects you know and I'm able to relate to the artists because I was an artist at one point so sometimes you know being an a some people you know you could be overbearing with the creative process you know by me being a artists back in the day, it kind of helps me because I know what they're going through, some of their anxieties. Exactly. I'm able to fall back and, you know, help them when, it, when need be. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the journey and the process, you know.
2: And uh, I have a question for you going off of what you said with the long story uh, of you becoming an a yeah, What's like the one memory you look back that kind of summarizes your progress from the early days to Who you are now. Which,
1: could you, could you ask that one more time? Yeah, so,
2: so what's, what's the one big lesson that you kind of like learned that you didn't know before, or like a reality about the music industry, let's say, that you had no idea about before? Oh, I mean,
1: the reality I learned about the music business is that, um, it's never like, okay, how can I say it? All right. At first... I used to think, an artist gets signed and you're rich, you know. you <laughs> get a job as A&R, you rich, right? Is it's it's always a, a struggle. It's never what you think it is. You got to be in it for the long haul, um, and you got to be prepared for you know the down times. You got to work through everything. It's it's never just it's a, it's a never ending story, you know. So you just got to have you got to be built. You got to be mentally tough. That's what I I took from all this because you know, you work so hard to get to this point, and then you're like, all right, I'm here. And then you work, you're like, oh, that's not it. You know, you got to keep going. So you always got to just stay focused. You always got to be able to evolve. You got to surround yourself with a good team. You're learning something new every day. It's just like, always use sports analogies, you know. You know, just say, for instance, right, you know, we're in the finals, the Golden State Warriors, right. You know, during the season, they had KD and clay and everything was good, right? And then somebody get injured. And now you're like, oh, what I gotta do now? You gotta you gotta figure out another game plan. You know, you gotta at all times you gotta be you know, you can't get no sleep. You just gotta always, you know, be able to move and figure things out. That's the number one thing. You gotta be able to figure it out. You can't you gotta have tough skin.
2: Have a plan B. And also, I think the biggest problem of our generation now is that there's a huge amount of lack of patience. People want things to happen so quickly. And um, I think that's also one of the biggest disappointments that people kind of face the reality when they get into the, whatever the industry maybe. And
0: I think like on social media, like they see all these like artists and all Mm -hmm. that and they, they think that like money comes too fast and that brings like happiness. So going off of that, like how would you define success? Cause I know that a lot of people see it as financial progress or job promotion or that. What does yeah. success mean to you?
1: I mean, for me, success is being able to help other people and putting other people in positions, not just yourself. You know, you can't just I don't see how someone consider they self so successful if you're the only one in your circle that got something going on. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense like you rich and uh, you got good things going on and people around you not,
0: you know, yeah, exactly. not able to do anything.
1: So success for me is being able to. It's not all always monetary. It was just able to share knowledge with people and have the people around you able to provide for other people around you. You know, um, it's not just money. You know, it's 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 access, it's leverage. What I'm learning what success is because money, man, I don't want to get too much. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, sometimes people just think like the money is the number one thing, but when you really into the business and you understanding what's going on, you gotta it's other sides of the business that that mean more than just the money, you know? Like I'll talk about that later. <laughs> like the
2: yeah, but but going off of that, which is actually you touched a perfect point now because the next thing that I really want to ask you is, um, uh, so what defines success? Also, is like overcoming challenges, and I'm sure you have faced a lot. But can you share with us like one moment where you felt really low in your career and how you overcame that situation?
1: Honestly, uh, I had the group Lep. We was grinding so hard in Chicago. We got a deal with Interscope. I thought like my life was gonna change, and um, the first check I got was for five thousand dollars, and I was like, "What? Like we did all this, and all I got was five thousand dollars?" I was like, "Alright, cool. You know, whatever. You know, we got a record deal. We find everywhere, and we're going to the studio, and we got a drop. And man, I was, I was, I didn't have nothing. I, everything I ancillary I had going on stopped." And I just remember, like, damn, I spent that $5,000, so I didn't have nothing. So I was kind of homeless. I was sleeping in the studio, and I didn't know how I was going to make it. You know, and, and my friend, one of my mentors, told me, um, stay in traffic. And I was like, what you mean? He's like, you just got to stay around things that's moving, and it's going to work out. And I, at first, I just thought that was just some cliche stuff to say. You know, like, all right, whatever. You know, just something that can you know, I yeah. get out of his way. And then another thing somebody told me that really it hurt me, but it motivated me. One of my friends, he was uh he was kind of well off. And he told me, he's like, Man, you should just go get a job at Walmart. I was like, get a job at Walmart. I was like, Bro, I I was just like on MTV and we was just in Vegas. We was I'm everywhere. Everybody know my name. Like I can't go work. Like, look at this dude at Walmart. I was like, nah, like and that just motivated me, and I was just like, yo, I'm going to find something. And, you know, by God's uh, blessings, um, I met Southside, and I came to him one day. I was like, yo, let me manage you. He was like, man, shorty, if you just get some of these beats off, I got you. And, you know, he he allowed me to work with him, and that's what kind of got my name back buzzing. So I just had to just go with it, man. I had to sacrifice, man. It's not easy. That's, that's tough, you know, a tough pill to swallow because when people see you, you know, especially where I'm from, from Chicago, when people see some see that you're successful and people just wait for you to fall. So just to fall in the public eye. I'm not saying like I was fucking like Jay-Z or something, but in my neighborhood I was the man, you know, and yeah, where we man. from, I'm the man. So for people to see me not having nothing and looking bummy and messed up, some people were happy to see this. And, you know, I couldn't allow that. I'm like, nah, I don't care if I got to sleep in the studio for three years I'm going to come out of this with something. And, you know, God praying and just standing, standing in traffic, I guess.
2: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: How do you deal with um, negativity and stress, especially in a face, fast-paced environment such as the music industry? Do you have a um, routine to clear your mind? or?
1: Oh, wow. Well, that's dope that you asked me that. Well, to be honest with you, how I deal with stress is I pray. Go to church. know God you know and having positive people around me I have a couple people I you know I talk to and just to give me advice everybody needs somebody to talk to you know just uh and I was reading this book actually I think I get
2: it it's in my phone yeah that'd be great I need a good book
1: yeah it's a book
0: so, is, is that something you read regularly or?
1: Yeah, I was reading it pretty regularly in the beginning of the year. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. It's called Manifest Now. And it got this, uh this is part in the book where it talks about affirmations, like in the morning, um, just having a routine as far as like just making your bed, drinking your tea, looking in the mirror, you know, actually talk, having a real conversation with yourself. You know, and um, that helped me out a lot. And then I was reading this book by T. D. Jakes called "Emotions," just about dealing with, you know, as a man dealing with certain situations and just growing. And um, that mixed in with playing basketball, working out. I got my my guy. He from Chicago. He's my trainer. He with me. He not re- he a good trainer, but I just, there's one thing I gotta say. He eats French toast every morning, <laughs> right? And I'm like, how are you my trainer? And you, I'm trying to get myself together, and you eating French toast, right? So, but no, just working out and playing basketball. I do a, a few things, you know.
0: That's why he wasn't complaining when we're walking up No, that's
1: that's crazy. Like it's, it's like throwing it in my face, right? <laughs> but no, just you know, it's a multitude of things. You know, I I've been going. In the, I get up at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, try to go to the gym, like you know, at least four times a week. Play basketball. Get into my reading. Talking to, you know, different people. I mean, I'm up every morning at, like, 6, 30, 7 o'clock, you know, because I like getting my me time in early in the day because during the day, you know, things just be moving around. Definitely. Just, so many things just happen. You just got to – you never know what you got to do, you know, so I try to get that me
2: time in. And you early. talked about talking talking to other people and, like, having a mentor. Yeah. How 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 does it work usually? Because I hear different stuff. Do you pick the mentor, or does the mentor pick you? The mentor picks you. <laughs> nah, I mean,
1: I got a couple mentors. Uh, like I, I spoke on, like DJ Tump. Um and everybody that's my mentor is not music related. You know, it's just you know guys that I grew up, you know, admiring, and just they got a lot of knowledge. And I just like talk to them. But it's not you don't want to talk to too many people because you want everybody knowing your yeah. your business. But it's like I got to like one of two guys I talked to, and, um, that's it.
0: And in general, um, what inspires your work? Like, it can be a thing, a memory, or a person. What usually inspires your work?
1: What inspires my work is my childhood, because I just, anything from my childhood I remember is because of music. You know, like, I remember when I was five years old listening to Michael Jackson, uh, Sneaking and listening to public enemy with my pops and stuff like that, so just to just have that feeling that it, that's when I work on the work on music, that's when I feel more comfortable and I'm able to relate you know, so I'm just inspired by just being able to do that and just getting people reaction like I'm like a fan, so like I'm more nervous than the artists when they drop when they like the release date I'm like, shit. Oh. I'm up all day looking at Twitter, Apple Music and seeing what people say. Like, I remember um funny story. I got a friend that work at this uh at Hip Hop DX. And um Playboy Cardi's first album came out. Everybody was liking it, right? And um the guy wrote a a bad article about it, right? But this is like my friend like and he said something I wasn't really agreeing with. So um I was at the office and I was just going, like, tripping out, talking to the the project manager and everything. Like, man, I can't believe this. I I was talking to Joey, all types of people about the situation. It's like, man, you can't do that, man. This happens all the time. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So I went to a GEZ party. It was like his birthday party, like two years ago. And I seen my friend. He was like, man, what's up, man? I was like, nah, man, ain't no what's up, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like really tripped out on him, right? He was like, man, this is the music business. I'm like, no, nah, man. He's like, you act like you writing the raps. I'm like, I'm not, but it's just, that's my baby, dog. <laughs> but no, i just like, m- the music, bro, like, I really love it. Yeah, you love, love it so much. Though. Yeah, like, I'm a nerd when it comes to music. Yeah. I can talk to you about anything like when it comes to music. So I just love music, man. I'm, that's, I'm inspired just because I'm
2: able to do it, you know. And how do you usually spot talent? Like, what's the main thing that you usually look for? Uh, it factor, like. Is it the voice? Is it the personality? Is it the professionalism? What's, like, the key thing that you look for?
1: It's a multitude of different things. Each artist is different. You know, like, with Cardi, when I met him, I didn't even know he rapped. I just thought he was cool. I was with Rocky. He was in the studio, and he just kept saying, like, crazy stuff. and But he was fly. And I was like, man... I was like, "What you do?" He's like, "Man, I rap." And then Southside, he's like, "Yeah, that's the kid that got the what song." I'm like, "Oh," and he's like, "Yeah, man, you need to sign him." I didn't understand shit he was saying though, so but he was just so like it was something about him, you know. And uh, I spent a lot of time hanging with him, and he just he just he just was a star. And then with Juice World, um, I went to the studio with him, and they were playing a song he was in the booth, they was playing a song, what I thought they was playing a song, but it was really him just going straight off the top. He didn't mess up one time. It was just so effortlessly, you know, and and he did like three, four songs that night, and his talent just, it just cut through. You know, um, I like spending time with my artists before I sign them, because, you know, a lot of people like signing artists based on numbers, but, I I mean, that's good, you know, because you do want to sign deals that's competitive. It is a business, but... For me, I like signing things that I kind of, I got to want to be you, you know, I want I, I, you know, I wanna, want you to be able to be the best in your world, whether you're the best lyricist, whether you're the best dress, whether you're the best, um, you know, with the melodies, you know, and also, you know, it's this, this the entertainment business. You got, people want to be entertained. You don't want to just have a dry artist because you can just have good music, but nobody cares about you. Right. You know, nobody want to hear what you got to say. Exactly. You know? It's a multitude of different things, you know?
2: Especially since you mentioned you get more excited than they get when an album release or something is coming on. It really sounds like the number one requirement for you is the personality. Mm -hmm.
0: But do you think um, hard work uh, beats talent, Mm -hmm. if you think about an artist?
1: I mean, that's the right thing to say. I mean, of course you want somebody to work hard, but you got some artists that don't record a lot of songs, but the songs they record is just... the. It's just crazy, like, and you got some artists that record so much, you're going like, all right, I'm going to get one, uh, two, three hits out of this, you know? So it, it just really depends, you know? Of course, you got to have a mind state of willing to work, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, but some people just have it, you know? Some people just do it, and it's just it's just a God's gift, you know? It's just a talent, you know? So it, it really depends. I mean, it's the right thing to say hard work beats talent, but, you know, you know, Allen Iverson, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> right? good example. He was like, like, practice. like He didn't win a championship, but he's one of the greatest players. You know, it depends,
2: you know? Yeah. It, can we say he's one of the best point guards ever? We definitely can. So, you No, know, man,
1: Allen Iverson is in my top three favorite basketball
2: players of all time. That's a fair statement.
1: And he had the best braids ever. Oh, yeah. quiet <laughs> <Like>, Kawhi, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, like. Nah, bro.
2: <laughs> no, it was a trend. Literally, every kid in school and everyone was doing the same braids. Yeah, I, I have a
1: uh, hair challenge. Like, I I can't really grow. Uh, so I never got to get into the braids. Yeah. <laughs> My hair don't grow like I'm bald-headed now. So. <laughs> I, I admired them, you know, I admired them. For I did the, the headbands sure. and stuff like that. I could do that. I couldn't really get the braids.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. That is, it's a really good example about how, like, talent, if it's really, really big talent, you can make it work.
0: And we have come to the uh, my favorite part of the show. So we're going to ask a little interesting questions. And first off, um, we will give you three years in the past. Mm-hmm. And we want you to um, share an important memory that you have on that year. Okay. So first one, 2005.
1: 2005, I was uh, managing uh, this group, L.E.P. Bogus Boys. Um. Run around Chicago with like a hundred gangsters, <laughs> passing out CDs. We had this song, uh, this big song in the city. And the only thing I really remember was just being around, just just being just promoting the music of Lep. Like, and we we were doing a lot of shows. It wasn't really too much crazy, nothing too much crazy. Just trying to get on, trying to make a wave. We had a wave in the city and. I was broke. I remember that. Definitely didn't have too much money, and but I had a here. lot of fun. <laughs> had a lot of fun.
0: So next year, there's
1: a lot of guys around. Just a lot of like dudes wearing ACG boots and, and big bubble coats. I just remember that. <laughs> 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 that
2: was it was definitely an interesting time. It was like running
1: around like with like Wu Tang Clan or something, but like the gangsta, like super gangsta.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you know, like, there's an important lesson there. You said that you were broke, but you had fun. I think I a that's a very yeah, important that's lesson. Importance. Yeah, yeah. I was broke Let's
0: right. have a happiness comes right. in. So next year,
1: 2010. Wow, I messed up. That wasn't 2005. That <laughs> was 2010 when I just said 2005. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, I'm like, okay let's get back to let's go back <laughs> i just gave y'all
2: 2010 all right well we're done with 2010 then let's go to all right 2005 five. that was yeah. 2010 sorry okay. guys and <laughs>
1: well 2005 i was working at a call center in chicago okay um i just uh got out of high school and i was working at a call center so
2: you were definitely oh
1: yeah i got a crazy story then okay right? this thing we got had. waiting for this moment. <laughs> all right so look so me and my friend, Sean, he was, uh, you, know, you know, you're know, trying to figure out what you do when you get out of high school. Yeah. And he was like, man, um, look, we should just go to the military. And I was like, all right, cool. It's like, man, they're going to pay us this much, this much. I'm like, all right. I, Damn, I can't tell all the story. But uh, <laughs> to get in the military, you got to do certain, you know, you have to have certain requirements. Right. And I, my friend Sean was drinking a lot of water and like trying to make sure he was in shape to go to the military. But I was like, forget that. <laughs> like I started at the end of the day, I started thinking like, so how long are we gonna be gone for next, that, and the third? So I did everything wrong. Like I took the test, I failed. Like not the drug test, but like it was a test you had yeah. to take. I made sure I, cause I didn't want to disappoint my friend. I just, I didn't, I went along with the process, but I made sure that they wouldn't pick me, you know? <laughs> and that's, <laughs> I remember that, that was 2005.
2: Were you still having fun in 2005? I
1: had the most fun in 2005. <laughs> I was working, you know uh, Another thing, I was working at a call center, and I was working for uh, uh, um, a baseball, uh, uh, a minor league baseball team. I was selling dipping Dots. Oh. You know what dipping Dots is? It's like the ice cream, but it's not like, it's like dots of ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, like yeah. the ice cream of the future yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. right? And, um, and cotton candy. But I was so smooth with it, like, I used to overcharge people for the, you know, cause they didn't have like a uh we didn't have a register or nothing, it was just all cash. So I was like, man, look, I'll give you these three dipping dots for fifteen dollars, you know, and I'll I made a lot of money that, that yeah. But you know, they always say <laughs> they
2: always say your first job should be some sort of a sales job. So I'm yeah. sure you saw the benefit I mean, of that later. Yeah,
1: they ended up firing me though, cause it was like uh <laughs> it's like the inventory is coming. I wasn't I necessarily I wasn't stealing, I just was overselling. And it was just like something they adding up. Like I'm coming to work, new Jordans every <laughs> every time <laughs> what the I went. Fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I figured it out. <laughs> I, yeah, and in 2010, that's when I was with the guys with the bubble coats and all that. Okay,
0: how about 2015? Uh, 2015,
1: that's when I got hired at Interscope. 2015, um, they moved me from Atlanta. i was staying out here. And, just figuring it out. I could tell you another interesting story. Please. Shoot it. Okay, so when they hired me, they gave me three months. Um, they they paid for my housing. And there was this lady at my job, she was telling me, like, look, don't spend all your money. You know, you gotta get you an apartment. I'm like, what, man? I'm all right, cause I'm I'm getting all my checks and not paying no rent, no bills, right? So I'm like, man, what I'm buying everything. Like, I'm flying people out, my homies, we all. You right? And I didn't realize how how far um the amount of money I was making is uh it goes in LA. I, I was like, you know, after the three months it was real. It was yeah. like the two weeks before they would um I was supposed to move out of uh corporate housing. And I was like, man, I could find me an apartment easily. And then I looked at my bank account and I was like, nah. <laughs> so I had to uh, figure something out. I was uh went back to 2010. I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> And I was going to work, like, so messed up, sleeping there on a hip-boy couch for, like, two, three weeks. And then I ended up finding, like, a little spot. But I learned a lot. Like, you got to save up. You know, definitely got to say If you live in L.A., it's not easy.
2: Definitely. And how was that first year, like, the adaptation coming from Atlanta? Like, just in general, the L.A. Like Oh, I was the worst-dressed person on <laughs> earth. I had,
1: like, true religions on when I came to work. <laughs> that's just a little small stuff but in reality um just it grew me up fast because you know in Atlanta it's kind of it's kind of laid back in LA I'm just getting thrown into like learning how to do budgets and doing your your expenses and gotta be at work at a certain time when like your first year like as an A&R you you, you want to go to every single meeting it's just overload of, of things and trying to sign artists and you know, so you're a new guy, so every every artist that you like, you know, it's kind of hard to get them signed because like, you don't have no track record. So they're like, why are we going to invest all this money into what you're saying, you know? But um, it's a lot of growing pains. But I, I did have a good support system, you know, with uh with Joey. I mean, he, sh- he showed me a lot of love and, you know, he was he was open to a lot of things, you know, that I wanted to sign. But back then it was, we talking four years ago, it wasn't, it's, the streaming wasn't as crazy. We was it was still iTunes and right. people was buying albums still. It was kind of towards the end of it. So the money wasn't really there to just sign a gang of artists, you know, like it is now It's, it's real high value. So uh, it was kind of tough. You know, I I learned a lot that first year and I had signed the artist that first year and I went off numbers. And that was the worst thing I could ever did because I was like, look how many followers this person has and how many likes this person has. And I didn't go off my better judgment. I remember Joey asked me, like, "Did you hear the artist actually sing?" And I was like, "Nah, nah." After I lied the first time, I said, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> but it, the artist was dope. Like, it, they doing good now, but it just wasn't for me. And and I was just going off of just numbers and just you know how I I thought that's what you, you know you should sign. And then after that, I was like, I'll never do that again. I'm gonna just go off my gut, you know. And that's also the year I um uh, I met uh uh I met Bryson Tiller that year. I tried to sign uh-huh. him, shout out to Tunji. Um I was trying to sign him, I was trying to sign like uh I think it was don't, don't give me the I think Kodak Black at that time. Shout out to Orlando. There's a lot of artists that that from around 2015 that was, you know, that's popping right now, right. you know, that I was trying to sign. So I just learned a lot as far as like, you know trying to lock down artists and how deals go and trying to sign. It was, a, it was a lot. So 2015, that was a monumental year in my
2: life. Well It was like hard. a rebirth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but honestly, like, all these years seem like I played, like, a very important role in your yeah. life. Yeah.
0: So another question I want to ask you is if you could play one song from your phone right now for the whole world to hear, which song would you pick and why?
1: Is this something that people heard already or something that nobody heard? Doesn't matter. I'm Doesn't about matter. to play some unreleased Playboy card. I was playing. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, if one song I could play, it would be... I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been listening to this Nipsey Hustle song. Um, Which one? What's the song? With CeeLo Green. Okay. Um, I can play it. This is the only song I've been listening. To. I'll be going to the gym listening to it.
2: Let's play the full version at yeah. the end.
1: Yeah, let's play this song, man. Let's just what's play. What's the name it. Of the song? Cut me off and play this song. <laughs> it's called Loaded Bases. That's the song I've been listening to for the past week. I just like what he's saying on that. Let's just cut me off, play it. Wait, that, wait, then back. then
2: let's let's end it on a good note. Let's let's ask you the last question where we really want to ask you what's the one message that you want to send out to young professionals who want to be in the music industry who want to be in A&R or any other like department what's the one message fresh out of college what's the one thing that you want to tell them man
1: you 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 cannot all right number 1 you got to be Able to sacrifice. You gotta be patient. You gotta really love what you're doing. You can't just do it just to. Cause if this not your passion, it's not gonna work because your passion was gonna drive you to keep enduring all the stuff that you got to put up with. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be willing to learn. You know what I'm saying? You can't feel like, all right, cause you went through college and it's like, all right, now I made it past that. Like it's a whole nother grind. You know? I'm 32 years old and I'm I'm still getting put through the wringer. You know, so you got to be able to deal deal with um adversity and you got to be willing to <clears throat> willing to be a sponge, you know? You also one thing I can say, you want to make sure you you can't do this on your own. You got to have a good team. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have people around you that motivate you you got to be willing to motivate the people that surround you, you know? You got to really be a student and 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 understand what you're doing. You got to show respect to the people that came before you, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of stuff that I'm going through now that if I would have listened back then, I, I could have, you know, moved, moved along a little faster. But also in the same breath, the best teacher is experience, you know, so... A lot of things that I'm good at now, if I went went through the the tough part, I wouldn't have got to where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot, you know. But um, for the most part, man, you know, you just gotta be willing to fight every day. You just gotta be willing to fight. You know what I'm saying? But it's a, it's a it's a, a definitely a rewarding feeling to wake up and and being able to do what you love to do. You know, we doing music, music. I'm from the south side of Chicago. You guys where you from we all in this room because of music we got one common thing that's bringing us all together so that's powerful you know what I'm saying so uh, you know it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a tough journey it's not easy at all but it's worth it you know what I'm saying so well thank you so thank much you so for much.
0: being here today it uh, it means a lot and we're really I'm looking for interns too
1: Interns, future executives I'm I'm open to you know chopping with you know, shop it with you. And-
0: so that's a note to all that's the a no. UCLA yeah. students.
2: Find the way <laughs> to, to contact Pash.
1: <laughs> you can DM me, but look, man, like, don't be so aggressive in the DMs about all the, yo, you gotta listen to this. this is the crazy. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> like, I want to help build future executives, you know, people that's, you know, motivated such as myself. And, uh, let's win.
2: For
0: more, Subscribe to Came Along Way on Came Along Way Apple Podcast page and follow us on Instagram at Came Along Way.